0: Are you thinking about applying to be an agent with Ira? If so, this episode will help you verbally support Ira's visually impaired explorers. We interviewed David from the I Can't See You podcast. David has low vision. He uses Ira as a customer and he openly and candidly tells us what we should and shouldn't say when chatting with blind people. We met David at Military Creator Con and we've created a fun friendship with him. Ready to learn more? Here we go.
1: Welcome to the Burt Force Podcast. Our show helps active duty military spouses plan virtual careers. Each week, we'll be uncovering the secrets of virtual work to help get you hashtag hired. If you want income sustainable from anywhere in the world, this is the show for you. We are bringing you everything from juicy job opportunities to advice on how to glow up for a virtual interview. And now let's meet our host. She's the change maker responsible for getting over 700 military spouses, hashtag hired, and making a $15 million impact in the military community. Burt Force founder, professional speaker, remote staff augmentation specialist, visionary. Here's our host, Kimber Hill. Hey, listeners, welcome to
0: another episode of Force. Today, we have a very unique guest. When the phone rings, he always knows who it is. He's had a love for entertainment his whole life and now produces the I Can't See You podcast. He's very proud of his independence. He's an explorer on the IRA platform. Please welcome David Goldstein. Hey, David, how are you?
2: I'm doing great. How about you, Kimber?
0: I'm doing well. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today.
2: Sure. Thanks for having me.
0: I met you, David, at PodFest 2020. Yes. In Orlando. Correct. Yes, and I saw you and I immediately approached you because I have a relationship with Ira, the technology platform designed to support people who are visually impaired, and I was chatting with you about that and I was wanting to bring you on the Vertforce show because you are visually impaired and I think you could provide us an amazing perspective into the Ira platform but also your story and what it's like to interact with people who can see and I've been listening to your show the I Can't See You podcast and laughing (laughs) along with you (laughs) at all of the different encounters that you experience on a regular basis so I'm really happy to have you here Thank you for joining us today.
2: Sure, I appreciate you having me and and it's funny because um, you know when we had that session together and and you you stopped me, you know I started thinking about that and how many things um just happened to me probably in that one day in that hotel and in the convention area um, where you know oh, where's the men's room? It's right over there <laughs> and you know, I'm like, okay, well, could you tell me where over there is? I said, do I go to my left, to my right, backwards, forwards, you know, and that's some of the things, you know, like I like to say on my podcast, it's, you know, it's blind people for dummies. You know, people don't know how to help someone when they say, Hey, could you help me find this or do that or whatever? And this way, especially with IRA, you know, folks are trained and, um, the description is usually spot on obviously there's going to be some people that you know don't get it down a hundred percent, but it's certainly better than the general public and you know, fortunately, I have a good sense of direction. I was talking to another blind person today, um, Max uh, the blind blogger, and um, he and I you know kind of walked through the hotel a lot together and and he was amazed at how much. I knew where things were. And like I had told people who were going to help me out uh, before we got to the, you know, to PodFest, I said, look, once I get there and I can get through, there's so many things that I have to do to realize where it is. For example, when we checked in and you're familiar with the hotel, I knew the Starbucks was off to my left. That was very important to know that. Um, And then once I knew where that was and I knew where my room was, you know, I use all sorts of things. I use, you know, obviously my hearing, you know, there was a fountain in there and I knew the fountain had to be a certain way when I was walking past and then had to turn a little bit to the right to get to my room. Or, you know, when I finished at Starbucks and went down to the event, I knew that I had to you know, make a right out of Starbucks and keep walking until I felt felt the air, the air change. You know, you could feel like a breeze come and hit you in the, in the, well, in the side. And then, you know, I knew I had to turn and go down the escalator.
0: Hey, listener. This is such a great episode. I want to take a quick break, though, and share with you a message about our sponsors at Instant Teams. Have you ever heard the phrase, the future of work is remote work? As a military spouse, I know these words ring so true. Your unique lifestyle demands greater innovation, communication, and flexibility in the workplace. And Instant Teams knows that. This innovative company is helping to change the military spouse employment narrative with flexible, sustainable, remote career opportunities tailored to you in fast-growing industries such as customer success, marketing, and admin. So, what are you waiting for? Join the Instant Teams workforce today at instantteams.com. For our listeners, this conference was huge. There was 2000 people there. We were in the entire bottom floor of a hotel. There were gosh, David, maybe 30 or 40 different rooms you could go into to participate in the micro events. So and I I almost didn't say anything to you, David, and call it fate because we were in, I think, three sessions together back to back to back. And I was trying to get up the courage to come and talk <laughs> to you because I'm always so hesitant. I'm like, I'm like I don't want to say anything offensive. I, I want to, you know, communicate effectively and I don't want to be remembered as, oh, that idiot who doesn't know how to talk to visually impaired people. So I think we were in almost three sessions or three sessions back to back to back. And I finally was like, okay, I got to talk to this guy. I have to. (laughs) (laughs) And so I finally did. But you amazed me the whole time because, man, you were booking it through there with your stick, with no fear, with no hesitation, just you know, kicking that thing back and forth. You know, I've always walked
2: fast and and I've been visually impaired my entire life. I've only used um, the white cane probably for the last 10, 10 years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do walk too fast, whether I'm on the sidewalk, in a street. And and you can notice when I don't know what, you, like, for example, when I'm approaching a, <laughs> the escalator, I can hear it coming, so I'll slow down. It's like almost like downshifting if you're in a car. Right. slow down until I kind of get an idea and then once i figure out where i am i you know i you know step on the gas again and and you know start to move it will become a problem if uh, and i try to tell myself to not do that I, I i was in the pool area one night looking for a friend And by the way, you can say, see, hey, it's nice to see you again. Hey, what are you looking for? You know, all of those things are not offensive. You can't come up with a a whole new lexicon just to serve this set of folks or that set of folks. So I'm less offended by just about anything. As I like to tell people, the most offensive thing about not seeing is not seeing, you know, you can, again, I, I it doesn't bother, you know, some people it may bother a little bit, for example, you called it a stick. I used to call it a stick until one of the people in the National Federation of the Blind chapter I'm in said, Oh, my God, you called it a stick. I, it's not a stick. It's a white cane. It's a tool. And See, I said, I've oh. already messed
0: up. <laughs> no, no, no. Within five minutes, I've made a mistake. <laughs> it's
2: it's fine. Because, you know, like I said, I'm like, yeah, you know, um it, it's just how it is. It, it's, you know, It is a tool. But you know what? If something happened, I I think back to um, a few years ago, there was a kid in a classroom that was blind or or visually impaired. And and again, most folks that you see with a white cane in the low 90 percentile, they have a little bit of vision, a little bit, some more than others, Mm -hmm. and some more usable than others. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, there's only around seven or 8% of those folks that have the white cane that are completely blind. But I, I guess, you know, this kid, you know, didn't have much usable vision and he kept tapping kids with the cane. Now I know sometimes when somebody is annoying, I, you know, I will maybe swing it a little wider than I should or whatever, just, (laughs) you know, just to let them know that I'm there. Right. and if I'm with my wife especially, and my wife will grab my arm and you know, she'll be holding on to me and she'll you know, she'll start to pull me away or pull me push me away so so I don't have a any kind of confrontation. But they took his cane away and they gave him a pool noodle. And I'm thinking, you know, you can't really work with a pool noodle, it's too limp. But if you gave me a yardstick, I could use that. I, I get that it's a tool, you know, but People call tools a lot of things. I mean, you might say, uh, you know, we were in the supermarket last week and I said, uh, I said to my wife, we were getting produce and I said, go take it over to the layer. I mean, it's not a layer, it's a scale. Honestly, to me, it doesn't matter. Somebody, you know, like my friend in that, in the blind group, you know, she got a little offended. Blind folks have, and and other people, you know, everybody has a different way of doing things. I know my wife and I. When, right. when when I stir something in the kitchen, I stir it. I stir it counterclockwise. So I was curious: does everybody stir? I'm a right-handed person. I asked my wife. I said, when you stir something, you just, clockwise or counterclockwise. She goes clockwise. It's yes. not because I can't see. It's just the way, for whatever reason, it's more comfortable to me. And, right. you know, so you, you never can tell. But, you know, I will not approach someone because I don't know, you know, sometimes somebody will say, hey, how you doing? And I'll say, oh, I'm great, thanks. And meanwhile, they're talking to somebody on the phone or they'll ta- they're oh. talking to somebody else. <laughs> so I feel kind of <laughs> dumb when that happens. But other times they're talking to me and I'll say, you know, I'm glad I said great, thanks, or, or whatever I say. Right. So, you know, so it's... I am You not- have to
0: take that chance and be vulnerable. Right.
2: And and that whole point of going to going to Podfest in Orlando um you know it- Everything was going to be like that. If my wife had gone with me, it would have been a completely different thing because I wouldn't have needed to approach people, and people wouldn't have approached me. I've noticed over the, you know, over the over the time that, um, you know, I've had the white cane, and when I'm by myself, people do approach me. I went to pod uh, podcast movement a couple of years ago when it was in Philadelphia, and. You know, I was there, and obviously, I wasn't talking to anybody. And, and somebody came over to me, and they started talking. Hey, what's your show about, and so forth and so on. And so we started talking. If my wife were there or my <laughs> daughter was there, they would, you know, oh, he's with somebody; he doesn't need, you know, he's not by himself; he's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was great that I was there, and I'm I'm glad you came up to me because you know I wouldn't have known you were even in the room.
0: This whole conversation about okay, what's okay and what's not okay is really what I wanted to bring to the VertForce community because we partner with Ira and we help Ira supply agents who are working on the other end of that platform. So when you're dialing into Ira and you're wearing those glasses, the agent is on the other line looking around you via webcam essentially and trying to to, to help you navigate whatever weird situation you may be in or a uh, foreign area that you may be in. And this is not a sponsored episode for Ira. What this is for sure is me trying to help the military spouse community that we serve. Right. Understand how to communicate with and describe environments to someone who is visually impaired because we are partnered with Ira. Right. And we find that that work is very meaningful for our demographic and very enjoyable for our demographic too. Right. And when I saw you and I realized you have a whole podcast about it, <laughs> I was like, okay, let's bring David on the Vertforce podcast and run through you know some basics of right. what can a person with full visual capabilities do to support conversation with a person who may be experiencing low vision or extremely low vision.
2: I'll tell you one thing. My most of my life, up until about you know maybe about fifteen years ago, and and I still do it occasionally now. You know, if you told me, oh, it's on your right, I might reach my left hand out. You know, it's got <laughs> it's gotten better now because now I, I obviously have to take and give better descriptions, um, of, you know, oh, it's on my right. Okay. I've got to go that way or, um, you know, reach your right hand out. And, um, a lot of times, you know, because the eye that I, the only eye that I have any kind of vision in is my left eye, mm-hmm. even though I'm a right handed person, I have to reach mm-hmm. both hands out because I have to realize, you know, I will reach for a door handle with my left hand because I can see it with my, maybe with my left eye, you know, so you have have to I had to get better with my left and right. I mean, let's let's just put it that way. So it's important that when you describe things, um, if there's a a landmark, and again, because all of us have different visual acuity, mine's around 20 over 300. Um, completely blind is 20 over 400, um, but there still might be light perception. So. If you have only light perception, you still might be able to be able to make out lights in a ceiling to see where there's a walkway. And um, so if you're guiding someone, let's say, through a train station, for example, I, I was taught this at a, a train station in Philadelphia called Suburban Station. The lights are only over the walkways. There are no Mm -hmm. lights where the stairs are. There are no lights over where the vendors are and the stores are. So um, I had asked someone, you know, oh, I have to, you know, we were doing an event in Suburban Station handing out literature for our NFB group. And I said, you know, Tom, where's the bathroom? And he said, "Um, it's in the back corner. He said, but let me show you how you can get there and I'll take you there. I said, no, I want to get to it on my own. Just tell me. He said, what kind of site do you have? Can you see the lights in the ceiling? Now, fortunately, the you know, I'm great with high contrast. The ceiling was dark and they were round, whatever kind of lights. They weren't the long, you know, four foot or eight foot fluorescence or uh, LED. So he said, do you see the, can you see the line of lights? I said, yes. He said, each line of lights is a walkway. Walk all the way down till you get to the last one, find the last where there's another row of lights that intersect, you know, make that right, And then take the next row of lights that intersect and make the left and you'll go right into the bathroom. I said, great. And I did it and I found it and I thought, you know, you know, like I was mentioning earlier, there's a whole bunch of different ways we have to do things and, you know, you have to adapt. And that's, you know, that's what we do. Um, it doesn't right. make it easier. I mean, it still takes us a lot longer to do a lot of the things. And that's the, <laughs> the main complaint that me and all my blind friends have. You know, we say, hey, you know, why did it take us 20 minutes to do something someone with vision could do in three? It's, you know, that part is frustrating. But, you know, with IRA, it makes it that much easier. You know, I've gotten to the point where I use IRA instead of trying to get my phone out and use seeing AI and trying to get the right distance and point to the right thing that I need to read like the password on my router, for example, if I need to read that because I've forgotten it. Um, it's just a lot easier, you know, calling Ira up and, you know, pointing the phone where I think it is and somebody saying, oh, you got to point it down a little bit or, you know, go to the left or go to the right or whatever. Right. Um, and, and I have to tell you, when I said go to the left, I moved my hand to the right. And when I said go to the right, I, moved <laughs> I do my that hand too. To
0: <laughs> I am so bad with my left and right. I don't know why.
2: You know, so that, it it just makes it easier with Ira to, you know, it was, it was ended up being a two minute call as opposed to me, you know, trying to fumble for it for five minutes and then, you know, having to write it down. And this way, you know, I was listening to the person from Ira, and I was just entering it, you know, I was just taking a note down on my computer. I use the address bar on my computer a lot of times to take notes, which, you know, sometimes comes back to bite me if I forget and, you know, then add something to the end of it. And then I've lost that note.
0: I absolutely never even considered that you can ask oh, what is your visibility? Can you see light in having those conversations and providing guidance for for navigating. So that's right. so interesting. I appreciate you sharing that.
2: Especially when you're out and about like if you say to me and and I don't know, you know, depending on the conditions, maybe I see it, maybe I don't. But you know, some people and again, I don't quite get it. If somebody's trying to help someone, why wouldn't you give this information up? If if you ask me, you know, and I was trying to find um, a restaurant, let's say, out on a street, and and you see the restaurant down the street, and it's near a tree, mm-hmm. you know, why wouldn't you say, "Hey, do you see that tree down there?" If I don't see it, I'm going to say, "No, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't believe it's there because right. I don't see it."
0: <laughs> I think the assumption for me is that if you're visually impaired, you can't see anything.
2: Right. And and that's one of the things you know, that I've battled and, and all of us battle with, you know, a lot of people think it's all or none. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I mentioned, um, 92 or so percent of folks that use a white cane have a little bit of sight, might not be a lot. And, you know, anybody that's legally blind and up are usually the ones that use um, use the white cane. Not 20 over 200 is legally blind. Um, I've been that for probably about you know, a dozen years or so, uh, maybe a little bit longer. I've, I've used the, the white cane a little bit less because I, you know, at first I didn't want that stigma. I was afraid somebody would, you know, somebody would, you know, think less of me or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but it got to the point where, you know, I'd be running into people and, you know, trusting my vision where I shouldn't have. And, you know, and then they think, oh man, this guy's a jerk. He just, you know, running full speed into <laughs> me, blah, blah, blah. And, I'm sure no, they didn't think that. I, <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
2: you know, so you know, once I st- once I got the idea of using the white cane, I. I- I will take it even if I'm going with my wife into a store because, you know, again, for that, well, also I like to wander off. So, you know, if she's down one aisle looking at something and, um, you know, I just want to wander off and see what else is around, you know, I like to do that. And, um, you know, whether I use my phone or I'm just walking around because I'm tired of waiting for her to look for something or she's waiting to ask a question or whatever, you know, I like to have, I, I want to be able to go on my own and I don't, I won't do it without the cane because, you know, it. You know, I could hurt somebody or more than likely myself.
0: Right. That's so interesting. So what are some things that that help you when you when someone's giving you directions or instructions, what are some things that the average person doesn't think about? But when you're talking to someone who has a lot of experience communicating with maybe a mother or father or brother or sister, husband, wife who is Visually impaired. What kind of things do you think a pro uses that an average person doesn't? Well, with
2: navigating, it's it's funny because, um, and and we saw this as uh, Mike. I have two kids, 23 and 26, and. Again, uh, you know, especially before I used the white cane, or before I took the white cane out when I was out with my family, you know, my daughter was guiding me one day. And again, she's twenty-three now, so this was a long time ago. She was (laughs) probably around ten years old, Mm -hmm. and she was guiding me. And she, you know, she was holding my hand, which was which was fine. And you know, obviously, a you know, a stranger is not going to hold my hand. I'm going to hold their arm. They're going to hold mine. Whatever. Um, And she's like, "Okay, we're coming to a step and step up on the curb." She didn't mention. She said, "Okay, we're going to go uh, up here. We're going to take a couple more steps, and we're going to go turn right into the into the restaurant." Well, she didn't tell me there was—I don't remember if it was a planter or like an ashtray for people to put cigarettes out in. You know, that was knee high, and I ran my knee into it. And I said, "You know," I said to her, "I said, Janie, you got to you got to remind me about. You got to don't think I see it. You know, you have to tell me everything that's there." So mm-hmm. the best thing for someone. Um, who's describing something is to not leave anything out. If I'm walking down the street and you're guiding me to a specific address, tell me that there's bags of trash on the sidewalk or a grate or a um, you know, where if you notice where it may be uneven a little bit um, because there's, you know, a tree, you know, a little cut out for where a tree is, is located where I might not get close to the tree, but that, you know, inch or two difference, you know, I might stumble on that if I don't know that that's coming up people coming the other way, any kind of obstacles, anything that you see, a person who has little or no sight needs to know. And and again, if it's something that's happening and and you're describing, okay, there's some folks coming your way, you know, watch them, they're coming up on your left or, or whatever, you know, I may say, okay, I see them or, you know, I don't see them. And you know, I, I may slow down because I don't know exactly how much room I have. The full description. I, I once went to a baseball game and was trying to explain a baseball game to a foreigner who had never been to a baseball game before. Mm-hmm. And you have to keep in mind they have no idea what the sport is about you know i explained everything to him and then something happened that i didn't explain and and the, and the guys like what 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 just happened there right and i said oh you know i'm sorry i didn't give you everything here's the rest of it this is why that happened so everything you know even if you you know when i'm crossing a street i, I and my wife and my kids probably hate me for it i will ask 8 million questions what kind of questions do you ask you know wh- you know what street is that so later on when they all have forgotten how to get back to where our car is parked or whatever, I'll say, Oh no, we just have to, what street is this? And they'll say, Oh, it's this street. I say, okay, we're two blocks away and it'll be on our left. Oh, and I'll take wow. them there. You know, right. and, and that's why I always ask. Now, I'm getting older now, (laughs) so I may not remember (laughs) all of it, but, you know, (laughs) you know, I need all of the information. So,
0: street signs are important because you can store that in your short-term memory. What about texture that you might feel with the white cane or distance in feet?
2: Right. Um, Yeah, I mean, with um, the texture is okay, primarily with a sidewalk. Um, The only times there are issues in, in Philadelphia, you know, where I'm from, um, you know, when I go into the city, you know, there's a lot of places in the city where the sidewalk is cobblestone. And um, that, that's just very painful to, <laughs> to swipe back and forth over that. It's sometimes uneven and, oh, um, you know, and stuff yeah. like that. So it's, so that makes it a little trickier. But, you know, regular sidewalk to know the difference or to know, um, you know, sometimes the gaps, you know, sometimes a sidewalk, um, you know, will pop one, one section will pop up a little bit, you know, to know that, okay, there's a little bit of the lip here, or uh, it's going to change. If you notice that there's going to be a change in the texture, whether it goes from cement to, you know, blacktop or cement to cobblestone um, or cement to carpet. I mean, it is a good way to remember. It, it's very helpful. You know, if I'm leaving a place, especially a place that I've never been, I pay attention to that because it may go from, um, for example, if I'm in a hotel and I'm going down the street and around the corner um, and there's carpet, you know, sometimes the hotel will have a carpet out to the, out to the curb um, because there might be an awning or something overhead. I'll know that, okay, there, when I get, when I come back, I'll know to feel for the carpet right and and stuff like that and and in fact there's a, a blind architect out in california that has developed and i think it was in a train station um, different textures so it will allow folks who use a cane to feel the difference in the textures to know okay when i feel the texture change from this to this i should make a left to go to the platforms or if i want to go to something else i stay you know with the texture uh, or, or you know uh, you know just keep going straight at that point it is important and if you notice the texture, sometimes I, I don't know how noticeable sometimes it is. sometimes it doesn't feel much different to me, um, but it is. you know and it may be um, you know if it's a you know w- with cement, sometimes you know some places use a, like a coloring in the cement so mm-hmm. it may look like it's a different surface, but it feels the same you know feels the same back and forth. you know so texture, yes, if you notice any kind of things like that, it's important to know. But again, I want to know as much information, if you're looking and you see something, you know, just keep shouting it out.
0: Do you care about colors? Do you care if someone says, or is that just irrelevant data? Don't even transmit it. If it's, or do you like to visualize it in your head? Well, you know, it's,
2: it's funny because, um, again, based in Philadelphia, love all the Philly sports teams, but yeah. I have always been a big... Person, even when I was a kid, and again, I've been limited vision my entire life. I love logos, and you know, when I see a team that had the Seattle Seahawks, don't know if you're familiar, they have this color called Action Green, mm-hmm. and, and it's like you'd see people working in a parking lot wearing this color and stuff like that. So I will notice a color like that. But if you tell me it's it's navy blue it may look black, it may look brown. So it's, it doesn't matter if it's a bright color, like a yellow or a bright red, um, it may be helpful, but you know, if the colors are close, like Navy, black, brown, hunter green, I'm not going to be able to tell the difference, you know, and again, some people may, you know, but you know, most folks, um, you know, we'll probably not. So color, unless it's really bright, like, uh, again, like a one that stands orange, um, Mm -hmm. you know, stuff like that. um, Right. You know, it's helpful, you know, would be helpful to notice. And I do try and notice that. But again, it's not, it's not always something that I can do. A thing that that's helpful also, you know, especially walking down the street, if, if there's a place that has a really big sign, you know, a lot of times before I go to someplace new, I will go on um, Google and do you know the Street View to see if there's anything that I can see that may help me notice. I had to go to a, an event once at a place in the middle of the block, and I'm like, "Oh my god, how am I going to find these doors?" And you know, my wife is with me as we're you know I'm going up and down the street, and there happened to be a Subway sandwich shop next door to where I needed oh, to go in, and okay. we had this big sign. Well, when I got there. The sign wasn't there. It was a smaller sign, but they did have, and, and I almost fell over it. Um, I hit it with my cane and I'm like, oh, I wonder if this is still subway and, um, it had, I could tell the top of it had like a curvature. So I reached out and I touched it and felt like it was like an S. And I'm thinking, okay, that's the subway. And I went in the next door and, and it was right. I mean, obviously, <laughs> obviously, if it were the wrong door, you know, I, I would have come back out. Um, you know, generally on the street, it's a lot easier finding a place mm-hmm. than inside a, inside a building, like finding an elevator, or, you know, finding the stairs or finding an office number, you know, because there are not maps for inside buildings. Um, you right. know, there's some technology now that's coming along that, you know, have, have these beacons and it'll tell you, you know, where the men's room is and and how to get there. But, you know, not a lot of places have it. And I, evidently, it's, you know, fairly expensive. So
0: That's amazing. Beacons sound like such a useful tool.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, um, you know, getting to PodFest, I, you know, uh, my beacons were the, <laughs> were the people that I happened to come across, you know?
0: <laughs> well, and that's, and that's why whenever I saw you in passing, I would say, Hey, David, how are you?
2: Well, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because, um, you know, I said, you know, so many people said that to me after, you know, meeting people throughout the conference and doing the meet and greet. I don't know if you did that on that on the Friday night. I did that. Did you enjoy that? I did a lot. And, um, you know, so many great stories that came out of that. But for the rest of the conference, people would w- walk by me and say, hey, David, how you doing? I'm like, right, hey, how are right. you? <laughs> I'm like, oh, I wonder who that was.
0: <laughs> I, I was thinking that too. i I was thinking I should have said, Hey, David, it's Kimber. Good to see you.
2: And that's something that, um, um, you know, if you say who you are, you know, when you're passing someone, it just makes it easier. I, you know, a couple of people did that. Um, I'd met somebody at VidFest who every time she saw me, Hey, David, it's Liz. And, um, you know, I said, Hey, Liz, how you doing? And, you know, we just kept going whichever way we were going. And, um, but yeah, so many people did that. And, uh, you know, it it's great. I love folks saying hello and, uh, and all that, but, you know, I just had no idea who I was talking to sometimes, you know, maybe right. I didn't talk to somebody long enough to, you know, get their voice down. You know, there was, there was one girl who, um, I don't know if you took part in it. Um, one of the guys, he was from Pennsylvania also, his name is David Bennett. I, I had done a shout out to him at the, uh, on the last day of the event. And, um, you know, he got these zoom calls together where there were a whole bunch of us on these calls. So people were coming up to me and saying, Hey, David, it's so-and-so from, you know, the zoom call. And I'm like, Oh, Hey, how you doing? And sometimes I wouldn't remember their name, but I would remember something about them. Um, there was this one girl named Natalie who, um, the first night of the event, I guess it was Thursday when we did the trivia. Um, I was sitting at a table with, um, Max Ivy and, um, nobody else was at our table. I said, you know what? I said, I think there's some, you know, some sweets back there. I'm going to go look. Right. And, and again, I told him I'm going to go look and I'm not really going to go look. And I'm certainly, you know, that's not a place I'm going to go and feel everything. <laughs> right. But, but fortunately, when I got back there, somebody came over to me. It was this girl named Natalie. And she said, Hey, David, it's Natalie from the Zoom calls. I'm like, Oh, Hey, how are you doing? She's like, do you remember me? I'm like, I said, honestly, not. I said, talk a little more. And she talked a little more. I said, Oh, you're the one that had the six-year-old son. She's like, yeah. I said, oh, that's great. Okay. I had done a session with her a couple days later, and, and she helped me get the cookies, which was great. So uh, I'm not, I'm not going to forget that. You know, she <laughs> she hooked us up with some cookies. Oh, yes. Things, you know? You'll and, remember her forever. Yeah, forever. So a couple days later, Sunday morning, we were doing a session, and I finished. and I was walking out, and I was listening to my phone to see what room I had to go to next. And she came over to me, she was in that same session and she said, Hey David, you know, where are you going next? I said, Oh, Hey Natalie. How you doing? She's like, how'd you know it was me? I said, listen, you got cookies for me the other night. I'm always remember (laughs) you, uh, you know, and, and, you know, sometimes it's depending on your voice, you know, I might do it a lot quicker, you know, um, with your voice, I'd probably know you more times than not because, um, you know, I'm not from the South, and I'm you know, and you seem to have a, a little bit of a southern, uh, yes, southern draw going on, and you know, so uh, unless I'm in the South where everybody has it, you know, I may be able to, you know, figure out it's to you. You know, it's important when you know if you know somebody, you know, if you just say your name and you know, then I'll know when you say identify hello. Yeah. yourself. Yes.
0: otherwise you're standing there
2: right, wondering,
0: <laughs> searching your memory files right. for. That voice clip, right? Right. Well, David, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to explain away the communication process between someone who's visually impaired and someone who is not. I think that it's really going to help our candidate community, our virtual professional group, especially those that are working with IRA already or in the pipeline applying to work for IRA. So thank you so much, David. Tell us a little bit about where we can hear more from you.
2: Well, uh, Kimber, I really appreciate you having me on and, and what you're doing, especially in the light of everything that's been going on lately you know, with Corona, um, you know, folks can still be working. And I'm thinking, well, blind people aren't going to go out and about. Listen, blind people still have to cook and find their shoes or whatever. So, Ira is always going to be something that's going to be useful, whether everybody's stuck in their house or somebody's out and about looking for something. Um, best place to find me and learn more about, uh, about how, blind folks do things differently and how you could help if you want um if you want to in interact um, uh, is the i can't see you podcast and i can't see you is only seven letters i c a n t c u sounds like a whole sentence but it's only seven letters um the i can't see you podcast is available everywhere podcasts are available uh i also have a website i can't see you.com and um easiest place to connect with me is on twitter uh, i am at david benge um, And I'm at David Benj on all the socials, B-E-N-J. No, again, thanks for having me.
0: Oh, we're so glad that you participated with us. And I'm so glad that I mustered the courage to, (laughs) to flag you down and pull you aside and chat with you. So, listeners, you can catch David's podcast for sure. I've been listening to it. And I believe if you are an IRA candidate or you're currently working with IRA, you should definitely tune in because David goes through just his everyday life and little challenges he faces. Uh, there's some comedy in there, which I really appreciate. So, definitely tune in to the I Can't See You podcast. That's I-C-A-N-T-C-U. All right, David, thank you so much.
2: Thanks again, Kimber.
0: Bye-bye. If you enjoyed today's episode, please thank our sponsors, Instant Teams, by going to instantteams.com and completing your profile. Instant Teams will match you with fully remote opportunities that complement your unique experiences. Join their remote workforce today.
1: All right, VerpForce, that is it for this episode. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe, rate our podcast, and leave us a review. We really love hearing from you. If you need to find the show notes, which include all of the resources we discussed in this episode, you can find those at verpforce.us. Guys, I'm serious when I say we want to hear from you. If you have an idea for an episode or a question, email us at support@vertforce.us. As a reminder, all content associated with the Vertforce podcast is the intellectual property of Vertforce LLC. All right. Catch you next week.